you're here. We're in a series called You Versus You, and what we're talking about is this idea that you're going to meet yourself in five years, whether you like it or not. Now, if you don't meet yourself in five years, um, it was an awesome funeral, by the way. We were really honored to be a part of it, Uh, but most likely, statistically, you're going to meet yourself in five years, and the other thing is that you're going to be mostly responsible for the person that you're seeing in the mirror. Now, we all understand that sometimes things happen and that are out of your control, and so the person you look in the mirror might not have anything to do um, uh, with you know, your, what you did. It might have to do with just circumstances around you. But for the most part, for the most part, the person you see will be somebody that you will be responsible for. And so what we've been saying is this, no matter what you do, there will be a future you. <laughs> okay? So the video that we showed, I mean, it shows these two extremes, right? These like incredible athletes and then like people who eat pizza. But our lives are really never that, you know, black and white. There's usually little decisions that we make in the middle going one way or the other or a slight lean one way or the other or or as we talked about a few weeks ago, little tiny decisions that compile up to make bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger decisions. You don't get a healthy marriage by just doing the dishes once. But if you're always doing the dishes, if you're always serving, that builds a healthy marriage. That's what we were talking about. And so no matter what you do, there will be a future you. And the verse that we've been, that has been kind of the whole uh, umbrella, if you will, is that Jesus knew this. And anytime I see Jesus doing something in the Bible, it's a, it's a pretty good indication that it's something that I need to be doing. He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He took all that God had given him, all that he was a steward of, his body and his, all the things, his mind, and he applied it to the kingdom. He applied it to the kingdom. So... Um, when uh, about three years ago, my wife joined a, uh, a gym, and 
I had already joined a gym. I, I, I belonged to 24-Hour Fitness, and um, I had this thing, because like 12 years before that, they, they suckered me into buying this thing for $249, and then another $69 for the year. So it was like a $249 membership fee, and then $69. And they said, you will, can use that $69. You can have that. We'll honor that for the rest of your life. 69 bucks a year, right? So I'm like, I'm never going to give that up. That's like, I, I just want to st- steal money from them. That's all I wanted to do. And I had a very rigorous training schedule. What I would do is I would work out for two weeks, and then I'd take three months rest period <laughs> to let my body recover. And then two weeks, three months. It's a, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, and so, but Lisa would go to this other gym and so she, she'd be like getting ready and like flying through the house. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I can't be late. If I'm late, they're going to make me do burpees. And I'm like, oh, okay, have fun. And then she'd come back and she'd go, I'd say, how was it? She'd say, it was horrible. It was horrible. You should go. <laughs> like, right? That's like filling out a Yelp review. And you're like, yeah, I uh, waited for an hour and 45 minutes. The food was really tough. Five stars, right? Like, it was terrible. You should go. So this went on for a while, and she'd always be perpetually sore and all that. So I decided, okay, I'll go to the gym, okay? I'll go and just see what it's like. So I show up, and um, on that, and so the way this gym works is you don't get to decide what you do. Like, if I went and started to grab weights, my... My hand would be slapped. Like, you don't touch nothing until the trainer, Mesa, tells you to do that. And so I go, and it's, it's shorelines, okay? The, the shorelines goes like this. Well, you, you're in a circle, and then everybody runs two laps to get warm up, warm up. And while you're stretching, he tells you what is going to happen to you in the next 50 minutes. And so shorelines works like this. He says, you can do the standard version, which is 10 push-ups. You run two laps around the gym. Nine push-ups, two laps, eight push-ups, right? You get, the, you get the thing all the way down to one. And then you do 10 half burpees, run two laps, nine half burpees, run two laps, right? Okay, so four exercises. So you go through this thing. So I'm like, oh, sweet, standard. He says, or you can do standard plus. I'm like, what? Like, okay, standard plus. He says, you do that whole thing, but when you run, you have a medicine ball on your shoulder. And I did, I did exactly that. I laughed out loud. Because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and so I laugh out loud, and everyone looks at me, and I'm like, oh, no, you probably didn't hear. He said, you have a medicine. Okay, okay. <laughs> so then he says, or you could do harden the plus plus. I'm like, he says, that, that's where you do everything, but you have one of these weighted vests on the whole time. Okay, that's harden plus plus. I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I mean, that's a standard plus plus. I'll, I said, I'll do standard. I'll do standard. Let's just, it's my first day here. I'll do standard. I can do 10 push-ups. I probably do like 11. So uh, just like, I'm ready to go. So, uh, so we get started and, and he says, okay, when you run your two laps, slower runners be on the outside so you don't get in the way which I think is dumb because I think if you're slow, you should have a smaller track to run on and let the fast people run. I'm not running the place, so whatever. I hope he never sees this. Are you online? Okay, no. It's going to be burpees for sure. So I start out, 
And uh, I'm running, and I think I'm doing pretty good. I did my 10 push-ups, and I was halfway around. And like, this blur goes past me. I could like literally feel the wind. Her name's Maddie. This is what she looks like. And yeah, that's what she looks. She's like super ripped, okay? And so, so here I am, this dumpy, middle-aged white dude, and, I, and, and like cheetah goes past me with a, with a medicine ball on her shoulder. <laughs> like, I'm like, shut up. I'm like, I was caught up to Lisa, and I'm just like, this is a cult. We need to get out now. <laughs> These people are crazy. And so this began my process. And so, um, th- and just so you know, th- that's Maddie. This is Gary. I work out with him too. He's, he's uh, probably in his early 70s or whatever. It, it doesn't really matter because see, here's the thing about this community. Nobody cares where you're at. They just care about, are you progressing? So uh, Mesa, the trainer, says to me as I was leaving, in the ambulance, uh, you know, you want to come back, you know, you're going to come back. And I'm like, I never want to see you again in my life. This was terrible. So I, I took some time to recover over the spring, and, uh, and I couldn't get that picture out of my mind of Maddie running past me with a medicine ball on her shoulder. And I'd sit there and I'd go, I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. So I went back. I couldn't do it when I went back. But I just kept going back again and again and again. And we did other things that I can't mention because I'm in therapy. But <laughs> we, we did all these things. And, I, and, and my, my life began to change through this community. And so again, we say Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. There we go. And so my goal, I had two goals, because uh, every week you'd see something cool that somebody else was doing that you're like, I want to do that. So my goal was someday, someday, I was going to do hardened plus plus. And hardened is different because you do, instead of push-ups, you do pull-ups. You do 10 pull-ups and run two laps. Instead of um, half burpees, you do competition burpees. And basically, a competition burpee is like, imagine you're being chased by a bear, and you trip over a root, and you have to get up as fast as you can. And right when you take your next step, you trip over another root, and you do that 10 times in a row. Those are competition burpees. And then you have to do these things called toes to bar, which is you hanging from a bar, and you lifting your toes up and touching the bar. So my goal was to do hardened and uh, hardened and um, uh, plus plus with this weighted vest on my. Now I figured instead of weights, like in here, I could I could probably shove Twinkies in there, <laughs> and no one would know. And so so what what's ha- what's happening is this: Jesus grew an increase in favor of God and man. Paul, the Apostle Paul was kind of like a trainer to this guy named Timothy. And Timothy was a pastor in this area called, of, of Ephesus that was difficult to shepherd in because they just the culture was radically different than the gospel culture that Timothy was trying to get uh, going. 
And so Timothy uh, was getting frustrated. He didn't leave the ministry, but he, he was getting frustrated. And Paul wrote him a letter to encourage him to go, come on, you, you got this. You can do this. And so he begins to give him this sense of instruction that I want to hopefully transfer to you this morning. And it won't just be about my gym, okay? Uh, um, and so he says this. He starts off with this. But reject the profane and silly myths. Like, don't get distracted by all the other stuff that's going on. There's something really, really important that you should be laser-focused on. And he uses this language. It's gym language. He says, but rather, train, and that Greek word is gymnazo, like the gym. Like, like go to the gym to be godly. Like, what is, go to the gym to be godly? In other words, in that same community, Find a community that is going to, number one, push you, and number two, expose you to some things of what you possibly can do. Train yourself. Go to the gym for yourself to be godly. Now watch what he says after this. For physical discipline, physical training is of some value. There is value in going to the gym. We all know that. There's science behind that. Your stress levels uh, decrease. Your metabolism increases. You know, you can lift up your grandkids. You know, what, what, whatever it is, there's a, there's a reason you get in shape. And it's, there is some value to that. And trust me, I know I, Lisa and I are happy, right, to go to the gym. But he goes on and he just says this. And I, I mean, I'm telling you guys, if... We all know this, but if you can get the next verse down, if you can understand that in your life, it's a game changer. But godliness has value for all things. Godliness has value for all things. Now, if you're new to the Bible or new to Christianity or new to church, and you see a word, word like godliness, that can have a whole bunch of meanings to you, and uh, maybe you grew up in church, and then you left, and you're coming back or whatever. I understand that. Godliness is just being like Jesus. <laughs> That's all godliness is. For physical training is of some value. It really is. But if you can become more like Jesus... It's a game changer for you. It really is. And so, and, and we all know this. I mean, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you've seen somebody who's filled with grace, and you're like, man, I like that. You've seen someone who cares about justice. You say, oh, man, I, that's something. You, you see someone who's forgiving. You see someone who's loving and kind and has a heart of compassion. That's just a godly person. That's a person who's becoming more and more like Jesus. Now, watch what it says, because this is really important. Because this godliness holds a promise, uh, not, not uh, both for the present life and the life to come, and your future life. Now, we, we say to ourselves, oh man, is he talking about heaven? That's part, that's part of it. But really, when you study this particular sentence, it's really about it helps you now and it will help you for as long as you're going after that. See, here's the problem. This is what I know about myself. Let's just say, Lisa and I, this is like such a huge part of our life that we go to the gym for the rest of our lives. There's going to come a time when my shoulders <laughs> or my knees or my back or my neck 
will begin to fail me. It's of some value. And it'll still be good to go to the gym. I'll still try to work my hardest. But at some point, at least then I have this saying that trees don't grow to the moon. Like a, a tree can only grow so tall until it physically cannot bear its own weight. It physically cannot grow anymore. Our physical bodies, our working out of all that, that that's, it's of some value. But godliness, you can keep going and going and going. You can be in your 80s. You're looking more and more like Jesus. We have people at Living Spring in their 90s. And I, they're like Jesus. Like you, you'll never stop in that. That holds promise for both the present life and the life to come. And so I might not be able to lift as much weight as I used to be able to, but I can be more patient I might not be able to do toes to bar anymore, but I can love my spouse deeper than I have before. I can be more selfless. I might not be able to run with a medicine ball on my shoulder, but I can take care of what the Bible would call the least of these, those that can't take care of themselves. See, focusing on my godliness taking my godliness seriously, investing in my godliness, investing to becoming like Jesus, that has promise for me right now and for the, till the day I die. And then pa Paul says this, this is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. <laughs> like, this is Paul's way of saying, I ain't even playing right now. Like that last thing I just said about the godliness, that's kind of the whole point of everything right i don't know if he said i'm not even playing but that's what i do i'm a scholar so i translate things and then listen to what he says this is so awesome that is why we labor and strive that is why we labor. I mean, let me just tell you this you might be super good with money you've done like financial peace university ever since you were four you put 10% you gave, 10% you saved, and you lived on the rest. And you did that with all your G.I. Joes. You did it all for everything, all the way until you got your first job. You, you, like, you, you just, you're just financial person. And you, you've got your retirement down. You've got it all down. Blessings to you. That's great. But that's not why you labor and strive. You labor and strive for godliness. That's just something you do of being faithful with what God has given you. Let's say you work out, right? You work out every day and you're like super ripped, but you just carry bitterness with you everywhere you go. That's not why you labor and strive. It just some outward appearance. That's good. That has some value. What if you, what if you completely lack peace in your life? You could work out as much as you want. You could save as much as you want. You could whatever insert the thing that is value you can know you can you can know all things you have a phd and got two phds that's not why you labor and strive paul says i ain't even playing it's a trustworthy statement that godliness is good for this life and also for the life to come he says because we have put our hope in the living god who is the savior of all people that is something worth living for, to do that. He goes on, he says, command and teach these things. 
command and teach these things. In other words, you should be growing in your relationship with God. And if you're, <laughs> this is not meant to be uh, offensive, but the older you get, the more you should have it under control, right? So our bodies, the older we get, the less we have under control. We, we creak when we get up. We, uh, I, put, I put my back out sneezing in the shower. You see, what, what is that? I've sneezed in the shower before, but all of a sudden I got to a place where, where I had to stop. But when I'm 60, I better look more like Jesus than I do now because that should never stop. Even as my body begins to tear down, I command and teach these things. I should be at a place when I'm 60 where I get to be the person spiritually carrying this on my shoulder. And somebody says, man, I want to be able to do that. And I say, well, here's how you do it. Or someone who goes through a tragedy and says, they say, man, how do you have so much peace in the midst of all this? I'm, well, because I've been training. This is why I labor and strive. I've been training to become more like Jesus. And this is what I found him doing. And every time I, I go and I, I, I take a step of faith and I do exactly what he's asking me to do, I get stronger in that. You become the communities you invest in. He says, and so Timothy is doing like what I, what I would do. He, he, or Paul's preemptive striking him. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. This godliness thing has nothing to do with the physical outward appearance. It doesn't have anything to do. So I have this friend at the gym. His name's James. And James, so I'm just, a, I don't know about ladies, okay, I, I'm just a dude, so I can just speak for myself. A lot of my friends who are men, um, it's, it's not necessarily me, but they're really competitive. I'm, I'm a gentle, I'm like a, I'm like a dove, right? So, no, I'm very competitive. So, uh, so James, who's younger than me, uh, is always pushing me because he's stronger than me and it bothers me and so uh, we'll be working out together and um, he had this wait we were doing these things called I don't know death to everyone uh, and where you squat down and you have a kettlebell and you bring it up and you catch it and then you bring it over your head and so I'm doing like a wait and I'm feeling like okay okay this is good. And I look over at James, and he's doing 10 more pounds than me. And so I said, dude, I can't do that. And he says this. This is the greatest thing. It's like, shame the pastor. He says, don't you believe that God lives in you? Isn't that what you believe? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, if God can do all things, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, then you should be able to do it. I'm like, God can't lift that much. I'm just... I'm telling you now, and now my whole theology is rocked, right? Right? I didn't even know. I almost put a letter of resignation to the board, like, ah, I'm probably not fit to do this. I can't lift that much weight, and God's in me, so maybe he's not even in me, right? Right? But, but, but my whole mindset was like, I'm, I'm too old for that. I, I'm too weak for that. And what's your thing? 
Like, like, like this is the thing about church, guys. This is what gets me so excited about church, and this is why I love our church, because you guys get this. It should not matter who walks through those doors, what they look like, what their education is. And I, I, and I, know, I know some of your stories, and I know for some of you, you know, there's just a lot you're trying to, you're trying to get over, you know. And so you come to a church like this, and you, you, you see the people around, and they're super nice, and they're smiling, and they're really friendly, and all this kind of stuff, and you're like, this is, this is what you're thinking. You're thinking, if they knew my past, they would look down on me. If they knew that what, what I'm struggling with, they'd look down on me. And I'm here to tell you that nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not height, not depth, not age, not socioeconomic standard, not your race, not your gender. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. And Paul's just riding, driving this home. Don't, don't stop labor and striving because of some excuse. Keep going. Keep going. I was, you know... I feel like I'm like five years old when I'm at the gym because I'm just looking for Mesa to say something like nice that I'm doing it right, okay? He's going to kill me if he sees this. Good night. <laughs> so early on, we're doing these things called like death, no, squat rows. And so you have this TRX, like your, like your water skiing, and you squat all the way down. I don't want to do it now because I'm sore from yesterday. But, uh, and then you do a row. So you squat all the way down, you do a row. So I'm doing them. And he comes up behind me, and he puts his hand on my shoulder, and I'm like, finally, the acceptance that I deserve. <laughs> finally, he notices that I'm working really hard. We wear these armbands, and you can see how hard you're working, and mine was at like 102%, which is physically impossible to work 102%. And he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he pushes me down. And every time I got up, he'd push me down. Every time I got up, he'd push me down. Why? Because he knows I can do more. He's like, you're not going to get any excuses that you're, that you're in your 50s. It, it doesn't work here. And it doesn't work in church either. There's just no excuse. Godliness is not only profitable for this time, this age, but also for your 60s, 70s, and 80s. And why would you mess up or waste your 50s in becoming more godly because your 60-year-old self is going to thank you as you've invested in that journey of godliness. And then he says this, but set an example. Set an example. When I'm 80 years old, I should be an example of all the things you can do in Christ. You can get through that. You can forgive that. You can be generous with your finances. He will provide for you. You can do all those things. And watch, watch where Timothy is to be an example, right? It says, uh, in speech, in speech, when I'm 70, I should be able to control my tongue. Crickets, what, what's going on? Not an amen, not a nothing. Good night, right? Who's pushing you? No, 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 no. We don't talk like, no, 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 no. You don't need to worry about that. You can do better. You got this. You can do better. 
When I'm in my, I'm in my, by this time in my life, I should have had patience down, I think. I'm a little behind on that. There's a tiny bit, a little behind. But in speech, in what we post, in what we say, as we bite our tongues, the Bible says to set a guard over my mouth, put a guard at the door of my lips. He says, be an example of speech. And conduct, as we get older, if you're, if you're dealing with something in your 20s, you can have that licked by your 30s. No problem. I've seen people with it. They they're running around. They're just like, yeah, I'm free from that. It doesn't, doesn't bother me anymore. You can be free from that. In love, how you view people, going from 60s to 70s, 10s to 20s to 30s, how is, that, how is that working? How are you progressing? Are you going from standard? Okay, good, you're doing standard. And then maybe when you get 25, you're into standard plus, and you're in your 30s and standard plus plus. I don't know if you're like me, but I look back over my life, and I forget that I was dealing with that. Like, I forget, because in that little area of life, I've become more like Jesus. So, and then and the thing is, it's going to be different for all of us. And so if you, you show up at a small group, and we're going to be talking about that in just a second. If you show up at a small group, and you look around, and everybody's, like their spirituality is hardened plus plus, and you're like, man, I can't even do like one lap after my push-ups. Nobody cares. They just want to watch you progress. The goal isn't to be at the end. The goal is to be on the journey. And your life, you're going to have areas of your life that maybe you're just like, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've worked for 20 years, and I went from standard to standard plus. Great. You're at standard plus now. That's awesome. In love, in faith, and in purity. Here's the point I want to make this morning. I know, it took me the whole sermon just to get to my point. The person you see in the mirror is going to be a reflection of the communities you invest in. If you're in an online forum and all you're talking about is the end of the world, you're going to be that person when you look in the mirror. Seriously? Old Spice? <laughs> Somebody has an Old Spice ringtone on their, on their telephone. That's standard, bro. <laughs> you need to get to standard plus. Okay. <laughs> old Spice. Gosh. This, so the communities you invest in, that's who, who you're going to be. If, you, if you're in, a, if you're in a, like a, a faith community, let's say you're in a small group and, and you've been in that small group for 10 years and, they, and all, they do, all, all it is is like judging other people, you're going to be a judgmental person when you look in the mirror. If you are involved in a community that helps the poor and you go out and you help the least of these, you're going to be the type of person that helps the least of these. Now, let me end with this. So about... Six months ago, with this weighted vest on, I did Shoreline's Hardened Plus Plus. Three laps, not two. Now, the reason I tell you this is not to brag, because 
everybody beat me. But uh, I didn't do that. My community did that. They did that. I, I had a steady diet of watching people succeed in front of me. I had somebody behind me going, you can do better, you can do more, you can do... I, if I was still at the 24-hour fitness, I'd still be on the elliptical machine, right? Like, like that would be it. Was that the best elliptical machine thing you've ever seen? Okay. It's, just, it's a gift. I don't know. Whatever. Right? I didn't do that. I was in a community that celebrated little tiny steps of faith. Now listen... This is super important. How much more for the state of my soul? How much more for my spirituality? How much more for my life now and for my life to come? That I'm in a community of people who accept me as I am and say, you can do better than that. We're going to work on that. It's not going to happen overnight, but we're going to consistently do that. So we're starting a, a new series in a couple weeks called uh, Let Me Ask You a Question. And uh, you know, I push small groups all the time, but I just think that you can't grow spiritually by just coming to church every Sunday. You could start there. No, just, that's a bad joke. But like, like just coming to church every Sunday isn't going to help you grow as much as it would be to be doing that have your daily quiet time, and to be with a group of people that will accept you for who you are and will push you to be more than you thought you could be. And so our next way to do that is this book, Let Me Ask You a Question, and basically it's six questions that Jesus asks other people. Who do you say that I am? What can I do for you? And so each week I'll be preaching a sermon, and uh, then we'll read a, a chapter of this. The, the chapters are very, very small, because after the chapters, there's five days of devotionals. And so it, it's, it's cool because this one series kind of knocks out a lot of what it means to grow in Christ, a lot of what it means to be part of a healthy, biblical community that spurs, accepts, us, accepts each other for who we are, and then spurs one another on, the Bible says, to love and good deeds. And so there'll be a sermon, that's your Sunday morning. And then you'll read your chapter. And then there'll be your devotionals that are throughout the week. And then you'll have your small group uh, uh, that will meet during the week where you get to discuss it. And here's the thing about small groups. You'll be in a small group. And let's say you're, let's say you're, the, wor- you're the, we'll just say you're the worst one. You know the least and your life is all messed up. Okay? We'll just, we'll just say you're the worst one. How are you going to know how the person who was previously the worst one got to not be the first one, unless you're with them. Does that make sense? You gotta be, at some point they were the worst ones and now they're actually doing pretty good. How did they get there? You won't know if you're not in a group with them to learn that. Let's say you're the best one. You're the best one. Why would you waste your life just being the best one alone when you could now be a trainer to do what we said, train everybody up? Be a good example. Help them with little things. You know, like, maybe you should try this. And they're like, whoa, I hadn't thought of that. You're like, I know, I used to be the worst one, but now I'm the best one, so this is the way it goes. That's what biblical community is all about. 
It's about that. And so these are available in the back. They're $10. You can actually get them cheaper on Amazon um, and, uh, and Kindle. But what's really cool is um, I took a risk. The, the author is a Yale professor, so whatever, you know. Probably needs to go to some schooling. But so I took a risk, and I reached out to him. And I said, can I interview you? I'm just a pastor of a small church in Garden Grove, California. He's like, John Ritten? No. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, uh, so I went through all these questions. And what I, what I want to do as we you know, buy these books and we get involved in our small groups is share with you some of the insights that he gave me uh, through each chapter of something that he might not have written down or that you might not have seen. And so that's my challenge to you. That in the next few weeks, it's the, what, what is it today, the 16th or 9th or something like that? Yes, yeah, the 9th. So we got next week, and then we kick it off uh, the week after that. And so um, I'd encourage you to, to get involved. Now look, I know some of you guys are like, hey, I'm really sorry. I work nights. There's no way I can do it. Get a book and join us. Join the, 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 the community and, um, so that you can be a, a part of it as well. Listen, as the worship band returns... couple things. You might be a person that um, you have so much head knowledge, you have so much going on, like you, you, you're, you're, you've arrived, you're hardened plus plus. My challenge to you is this, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Is it just so that you can look in the mirror and go, I, I made it spiritually, I'm just like Jesus? Because what Jesus did with it is he wrapped a towel around his waist and he knelt down to his disciples and he washed their feet. That's what Jesus did with Hardened Plus Plus. He said, all authority has been given to me. <laughs> and then he wrapped a towel around his waist and he washed their feet. Maybe, maybe you're looking at it and you're just like, man, my age and my thing and I've only... Then take it to the next level. Join a small group. Figure something out. Find a partner. Find someone that says, look, I need you to hold me accountable in this one area. I'm... St I'm, I'm I, I want to, I'm standard, I just want this one area of my life, I want to get to that next level. Would you help me with that? Maybe for some of you, you, you haven't been in a small group, or it's been a long time, or you, you went to a small group once, and you didn't like it, and so you never went to a small group again. Well, if you got your hair cut, and you didn't like it, would you then stop getting your hair cut for the rest of your life? No, of course not. Just because you have one bad experience doesn't mean you, you stop doing that eat at a bad restaurant. I'm never going to a restaurant again, except for the one that is a 145 weight and has tough food, five stars. So we're going to take a little bit of time to just calm things down, and, um, but ask the Lord that as we're in our quiet time. And at this time, we fill out our connection cards and we fill out our, uh, if you're, this is the time you're giving, you can do that. We take all those things, we put them in a box in the back. But maybe you ask the Lord, God, is there an area of my life where I need, to, I need to step it up? I've just been stuck at this one thing. Or maybe you say, God, can you show me a place where I can take all this thing worth laboring and striving for and pour it out on those who need it? Lord, we thank you for this morning and for those that um, heard your voice. We pray they would continue to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go 
and his joy and his strength and his hope and in his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.